Welcome to Keys to Your Best Life. I am your host, Maggie Cavanaugh, and I have a dear brother in Christ, spiritual dad. I mean, the whole nine yards, Dr. Michael Holsey has been such a blessing to my husband and myself and many that we share with and teach with. Uh, he's spoken at many conferences with Lisa and I at our annual conferences and just always bringing a fresh word of encouragement for the body of Christ to grow deeper in their love with Jesus. And, and, and Dr. Michael, I want to thank you for taking the time to be on the show today. Well, Maggie, thank you for inviting me. I've been so excited. Looking forward to this all week long. You know, it's always good to, you know, when, when people come together to glorify God, whether it be in this setting, because you're obviously not here local and, and we're on the cloud and all, or whether it be in breaking bread at a table, it's always yeah. such a blessing. And we miss you and love you very much. So this is absolutely a wonderful time to share uh, what's going on in your life. But before we start with that, I want to kind of rewind a little bit. I want to talk about, because you have had such a, a massive journey, a, just of amazing, deep, deep, rich opportunities over the years. I mean, you have gone to Africa and you've done so much. You've pastored and founded so many churches. So I want you to take a moment and tell the viewers a little bit about your call to ministry. Okay. Well, I got uh, saved in 1974 out of a life of drugs and rock and roll music. I was <laughs> in a rock and roll band. and and uh, But I had a very dramatic conversion experience. Um, I actually had a demonic visitation the night before I had I had committed to go to church with this guy I worked with. And so Saturday night I had this demonic visitation and it scared me so bad. I got up and called him at like five in the morning and said, you've got to come get me. He said, brother, we'll, we'll be, hold on. We're going to be there a little. I said, no, you don't understand. You got to come get me now. I'm scared. <laughs> so he said, what's going on? And I told him, he went, well, praise the Lord. Yeah, we'll come get you. So anyway, he came and got me. And I hung out with a couple of brothers till church time. And, uh, you know, be honest with you, I grew up in a, in a church and was very disillusioned with church and God. I didn't want to have anything else to do with it. And I won't go into the details of all that. But I could not believe, Maggie, when I walked into this church, it was contemporary they had a band, which I'd never heard of that. And being a musician, that immediately grabbed me. The pastor was young and he started talking about the love of God and how that God is a father. And having grown up under an abusive father and then an absent father, that really got me. So uh, when it came towards the end, I know what comes, you know, here comes the altar call. And I reached up, I grabbed hold the back of the pew as hard as I could, determined not to go down there. And so I'm just sitting there and the pastor's giving the altar call. And finally, one guy next to me, Earned, goes, Lord, just break his pride, break his pride. And I honestly <laughs> do not remember the trip from there to the front, but I found myself at the front. <laughs> and, uh, and I accepted the Lord and God healed a blind boy beside me. I knew something was going on. And then the, the pastor just came back to me and said, brother, do you want everything God's got for you? I said, man, I want it all. And he laid hands on me. I was filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak in other tongues wow. and immediately, immediately knew I was called. Because when it was all over, I turned to the guys that were with me and I said, now I know why nothing's ever worked out in my life. I'm supposed to be a minister. So that's the beginning of my journey. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Wait and waste no time confirming the call, did he? <laughs> nope, not a bit. <laughs> but it's been wow. a great journey. It's been over over 40 years ago now, 45 years. So it's been a it's been a wonderful trip. 
Yes, he has been faithful over yeah. the years. So yeah. straight from that, you went off to Bible college, and I went through, yeah, I I got connected uh, with the church I was attending. There was a guy there who left and went to Rama, and then we had another guy who went to the Christ for the Nation. So two of my room, two roommates and I decided we were going somewhere. So um, we just drove out to Dallas and went and visited Christ for the Nations. We all had missionary hearts, yeah. and because they're a strong mission school, we were really pulled. But then. We said, well, let's go to Rama too. So then we drove from Dallas up to uh, Tulsa and we went to the Sheridan Assembly God Church where Rama was in the beginning. We walked in, there's nobody there except a secretary. And so we told her our story. Said, we know we're called, we need to go to Bible school somewhere. We've been to Christ for the Nations. We wanted to come visit Rama. Uh, we love the, the Word of Faith message and, and anyway, she said, well, uh, Brother Hagan and, and uh, Ken Jr. are all gone. There's no one here but me. And, she, and we kind of looked at each other like, well, what do we do now? And she said, wait just a minute. So she went back in her office and closed the door. And about 10 minutes later, she came out. She said, well, I just prayed. God said, you're supposed to be here. If you want to come here, I'm accepting you on the spot. <laughs> so we kind of took that as a sign. That's where we were supposed to be. Sure, sure. And after Bible college, you went off uh, doing all kinds of stuff and helping yeah. founded many churches. Yeah. After Bible college, I, uh, I became an associate pastor, did an intern for a year in Hayes, Kansas. And then God uh, spoke to me and told me to come back to my home and plant a church, a teaching center that, and a lighthouse to the world. So I came back and uh, planted a work. We were the first charismatic you know, full gospel church in the Southeast. And it just exploded, wow. which you give God all the glory. And then yeah. uh, some circumstances happened. And so I decided to leave that. And um, so after that, I planted a church in the Osage Indian Territory and then a church in Pueblo, Colorado, and a church in uh, Huntersville, North Carolina. And wow. then um, went to God brought me back to South Carolina. We planted another church and was there 10 years. And then um, decided to take a break. Um, and uh, my wife was having some problems. You know, I was worn out. And so we just took a sabbatical and we ended up in Murfreesboro where we went, met you guys. <laughs> <laughs> and, we've, and we are absolutely have been uh, delighted to have you all in our lives. You know, um, for those of you watching that know Kevin and my story, um, we we were supposed to get married, but we really needed to move up the date for several reasons. <laughs> we wanted to honor God. And uh, so we and Poor Michael was at work and he um, he had already done premarital counseling with us and we were already ready, ready. We knew we were called and so forth. But he took a lunch break and came uh, to the house of prayer and married us on the spot. It was yeah. a beautiful ceremony. It was such a wonderful thing. So when I tell you that this man is very precious to us, very, very precious to yeah. us, he has been a spiritual dad to Kevin and myself. Uh, and, you know, we've been in several prayer meetings and stood together for years. And I love what God is calling him to do. So but before we go into the current call on his life, I want to talk a little bit about the the unusual story of how the Lord called you to get your doctorate and go further in your education. Can you share with the viewers about that? Yeah, I've always had a love for te I'm, I'm a teacher, you know, I'm a church planner and a teacher, but I've always seen the need for sound doctrine. And so I've always had some for, sort of you know, Bible study or Bible school going on in addition to church services. And then I got connected with Cathedral Bible College and um, and I, I went back through uh, 
remote learning, I guess that's what we call it now. Back then it was, you know, watching videotapes and reading books and writing <laughs> reports. <laughs> but uh, I got my bachelor's of theology. And then um, sometime later, I got hooked up with a Bible uh, school in Tampa, Florida, Life Christian University. They, you know, offered to put an extension in our church. And so we did that. Well, I had to go through their program. So I got my master's in theology. And, you know, that was it. Oh, oh, well, I'm sorry. God spoke to me one morning. I was up praying, said, Michael, I want you to go back to school and get your degrees. And I want you to go all the way up to the doctor's degree. And I said, Lord, I don't care about all that. You know, I, I care about the anointing. I care about the revelation of the Holy Spirit. He said, you don't understand. It's going to open doors for you. Yes. I said, okay, that does it. So that's when I pursued getting the degree. So I went on finally, you know, got the master's, went and got my doctorate. I have a doctor of divinity. And so several years after that, I was in Ghana. I went there for um, eight years and trained pastors. We, we ended up taking about 700 pastors from seven West African nations, mentoring them sending them back out into their villages. I put a uh, Bible school where one Saturday a week, a pastor would bring all the other pastors in the region to his house and they would watch the videotapes. I love it. So anyway, I, I went back. My last time I was there, I was teaching the healing school, which you've been a part of. Yes. And when uh, the pastor who's a spiritual son said, you know, dad, I want you to come teach the healing school. And I'm thinking there's a lot of scientific stuff in that. And I'm thinking, you know, dealing with people that don't have an education, they may not understand it. And he said, oh, don't worry about it. I said, I can't do that with a translator. There's too much material. It'll take us two weeks. He said, no, we're just doing this in the city of Accra. There will be educated people there who understand English. Just teach it like you normally would. And I went, well, okay. <laughs> so I went in there and we had an amazing time. I mean, God was doing stuff while I was teaching. People were getting up out of wheelchairs. They were getting delivered. I mean, it was just, I just kept on teaching. I mean, he was doing it. He sure didn't need me. <laughs> but anyway, at the end of the Saturday night session, um, my son comes up to me with this very distinguished looking man, and he introduces him to me as a medical doctor. And then he tells me he's the head of the medical university there in Accra. Wow. And so I thought, well, gosh, thank you for coming. And I said, how does all this gel with you? He says, you know, in the medical community, we've always known there was a connection to the spiritual, to the divine, but we never knew how to get there. He said, you just put the puzzle together for me. Wow. And he said, I want you to come teach this to all of our medical students. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, well, doctor, that's great, but I'm not a doctor. How can I do that? He said, you have a doctor's degree, don't you? I said, well, yeah, but it's in theology. He said, it doesn't matter. You have a doctor's degree. You can come teach it. So we set a date. Well, I went out, I got in the car and I was so exhausted and I just laid down in the back seat and the Holy Spirit said, Michael, now you know why I wanted you to get your degrees. This was the door that it opened for. So pretty cool story. It's a very cool story because, you know, we don't it, listen for those of you watching. You love Jesus. And you know, the Bible says, go and tell. And we're all called to share the gospel. But sometimes the Lord does require us to go further so That's that right. we can uh, reach someone. Because for a lot of people, that piece of paper, I know, you know, I have a master's as well. And, and it's it, it. You're right. It does open doors. It gives you that, yeah. you know, and, and God doesn't expect us to to. To, if you're if you're thinking, am I supposed to go get this? Unless God speaks to you, do not go in student loan debt. Okay, yeah, exactly. I'm not speaking to you on that, but I love how He confirmed it 
and opened yeah. up doors. And there is such a uh, connection. And I don't want to get off topic because I'm really excited about the doors that got us open for you in the Philippines. Oh, yeah. But yeah. I, uh, I, I just briefly want to hit on the healing school. Listen, you know, our emotions are directly connected to our physical state. And uh, Michael does an amazing teaching on that. If you ever get an opportunity to sit in on one of his healing schools, it is absolutely amazing. You know, Lisa Hooks has a testimony of uh, getting set free from asthma. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, it was rooted in fear. You know, her mother committed suicide. She was at the house she, all of her life. She had that, you know, breathing issue and yeah. God set her free from that when she got to the root of it. And there's a, there is a fruit to every root. And so if you that's got right. something going on, you need to go a little bit further in it. And that's an absolutely amazing opportunity. Yeah. So I just want to talk to the viewers about that. I also want to point out that, listen, Michael broadcast on, uh, and right now, do you have a specific night that you broadcast? I know it's weekly, but I don't know. Well, I haven't been able to because of uh, my work commitment. So it'll either be Sunday or Monday night once I get rolling here. And um, I haven't had a place to, to actually I'm in my bedroom right now. I'm staying with a friend because I'm preparing to go overseas. But so I've just literally gone into my bedroom and put my computer up on a bunch of, bunch of boxes and, and taught. But um, today I'm going to see about a place that's willing to let me use a room, a church. They're going to let me use a room to just set up my studio and I can go in and get, get things on a regular basis. But for right now, it'll either be Sunday night or Monday night. Listen, y'all, I don't care if you have to watch it on the replay. If that time is yeah. not good for you or if it broadcasts on a different day. And, I, you know, even if he's in his car, I don't care because the content is there. It's always a word in due season and just a really uh, revelatory word. Because whenever, you know, Michael talks about sound doctrine, it is like to the core. And we have yes. a yes. deficit of that these days as far That's as. Right. What does the word of God say? So I encourage you to make sure that you watch his broadcast on a regular basis. But right now, I want to talk a little bit about what God has been doing recently, because as you've heard, he has been all over the world, you know, teaching the word of God, starting uh, ministry schools, doing all these things. But God is now and you would think, OK, you heard that he's been in ministry for 40 years. So you're probably thinking, first of all, he doesn't look old enough for that, which he's got really good genes. I'm just saying he's got really yeah. good genes. But, yeah, but secondly, you might be thinking it's time to slow down, but not not in this situation. God spoke to him about the Philippines. And so can you tell us a little bit about this awesome uh, calling that God has given you in heart for the Philippines? Yeah, thank you. Maggie. Let me say this first. Um, many years ago, back when I was at the first church, I had been trying to get pastors together for prayer meetings, which in case y'all don't know, that is almost an impossibility. It's a shame that American pastors are too busy to get together and pray. And I really I'm not saying that judgmentally, but I am one. And so anyway, I had a group. We had maybe 20 of us. We met once a month. We prayed. We fellowshiped. It was a great time. Well, one month, one of the guys said, hey, um, I've got a guy coming in from Christian International. He's a reputable prophet. He's going to be in the area. Would you like to have him speak? I said, well, sure. I'd be glad to. Dr. Bill Hammond. And uh, so. He gave a short message and then he started praying over everyone. And he, every one of these men he went to, it was on the money. I knew every one of them. I've been counseling them and mentoring them. Many of them, I helped them start their churches and supported them till they had the money come in. Got around to everybody and I made myself be last. He got to me and I could not relate to what he said any more than the man. <laughs> it made no difference. You know, I got a great exploding church. I got a Bible school. I'm traveling all over teaching and preaching. And he tells me that I won't come into the fullness of what God has for me until late in life. Wow. And I thought, 
man, you know, he missed it. And then he said, God doesn't want you to be a shooting star. He wants you to be a guiding star. He wants you to be a North star. He wants you to be a reference point from which people can reference their lives under God. So I tucked all that in my heart, Maggie. And, and you know, through the years, as different things happened, I went through different challenges. I began to really grab hold of that word. And it has come to pass now. I turned 70 last summer and I am just now stepping into the fullness of what I believe is my ultimate call. Now, I'll say all that to say I'm so excited because last spring, I just started for some reason thinking about the Philippines. I've always wanted to go, but never really had an opportunity. And every day I'd either meet somebody from the Philippines, somebody that was married to a Filipino. Uh, I'd open the news and there'd be an article about the Philippines. And I went, okay, Lord, this is too strange. So I started praying into it, started fasting. And the next thing I knew, I'm just, my heart is just flooding with a love for the Philippines. And I thought, I've got to go there. God's getting ready to move in the Philippines. I've got to be there. And I, it just grew in me. I'd wake up in the middle of the night crying as I would see Filipino people in my mind. And so I just did a three-day fast. I said, God, I'm yours if you want to send me there at this stage of the game, you know, I'll go, you know, I, I don't care. I just want to fulfill my call and please you. And he said to me these exact words. Well, he said, most of my men of God that changed nations were old. And I got to think of it. Moses was old. Caleb, 80 years old. And he said, give me this mountain. I'm well able to take it. God that was with me when I was young will be with me when I'm old. So all these things started flooding through. And I thought, hey, why not? You know, <laughs> let's do this. <laughs> so I'm uh, 70 anyway. I mean, that's just, you know. <laughs> uh, but I just, I, you know, it, it just the, the, the coincidences just began to get too bizarre. The, the final thing, the straw that broke the camel's back is I was packing up my office. And uh, well, it's not the final thing, but it's the big thing for me. And I found a box that wasn't marked and I opened it up, took it out. It was a baggie of coins that I'd collected from all the countries I'd been to. And I started to just throw it away because I thought, well, you know, I'll, I'll never go back to those countries. And as soon as I went like that, I mean, the Holy Spirit said, don't throw that away. I went, what? I mean, it was it was strong. It was like, don't do that. Don't throw that away. So I dumped the coins out of my desk and spread them out. Most of the coins are little silver coins, but there are these two large bronze coins. And I went, I don't remember those. I picked one up and they were Philippine pesos. <laughs> and I went, oh, my Lord. Obviously, someone must have given them to me because I've never been to the Philippines. But I said, OK, that that seals the deal right there. And uh, so I just said, that's it. I'm going. I don't have any contacts there at this point, but I'm I'm going. I'm telling uh, Carl Brown, you know, a friend of ours there in Murfreesboro about it. He goes, oh, well, I've got a pastor friend in the Philippines. I need to connect you. So we got connected on Facebook and, and uh, his name is Daniel. And uh, he's in Mindanao, which is the southern islands. And we've become the best of friends. He wants me to come do some crusades there. And we're going to go into the villages and do a big meal and then just start singing and preaching. And a lot of these places are Muslim, so we have to be very careful. But he's having a lot of Muslims coming to him at night wanting to accept Jesus. So I'm really thrilled about that. And um, so anyway, I, I just keep praying. And then um, 
we've been, been renting our upstairs bedroom out and a tenant moved out. So I was going to rent it again. And then um, someone told me that Dale Donnelly, my mutual acquaintance and business associate, was moving back to town and needed some place to stay. So I contacted Dale. He said, yeah, he just needed a place to stay for a few months. So we moved him in. And one night we're sitting down talking, you know, getting to know each other a little better. And I just started. He told me he's the registrar for this Bible university and he works remotely. And so then when I started telling him my story about what God was doing with the Philippines, he went, you need to talk to the president. We don't have anybody in the Philippines. Wow. So he said, give me some reference to get references together and I'll send them to him. So I did. And about a week later, I get an email from the president asking if we could do a video conference the following week. Well, we ended up on that conference for two hours and just hit it off. He's a 30 year missionary in the Congo. Uh, all of these people in this school are high quality, you know, just solid, good people. And so I. He offered me the position of being the Philippine national director to go there and go to churches and give them the opportunity to put a Bible school in their church and their folks can become trained. And the beautiful part of it is it has a community development module built in that's taught by doctors, nurses, nutritionists, veterinarians. And they're teaching these people, these villages, how to take better care of themselves, their houses their crops and their flocks. And of course, the other people in the villages are coming to them going, what are you doing? Well, they're sharing Jesus with them. So it's just, I was so impressed. <laughs> so then I was sharing that with another friend of mine who's the president of a humanitarian organization, Air Mobile Ministries. And uh, Joe's been all over the world. He, he has developed a water purifier that's portable. I love and it. he's got it in over 30 nations of the world because they can backpack these into these remote villages and start producing clean water out of the nastiest water you've ever seen. And when he demos it, he gets a bucket of dirty water out of the street and then he takes his shoes and socks off and he stands in it. Then he runs it through this filtering machine and drinks the water as it comes out. And uh, it, it, it's just an amazing. As a matter of fact, NASA is now looking at it to put on the space station. It's wow. efficient. So he's asked me to be there on the ground liaison there. And he's going to send some water purifiers over with me. And next time they have a bad typhoon, I will go there, make clean water and preach the gospel. Oh, my gosh. This is so incredible <laughs> because, you know, God didn't just confirm it in one way. He brought a whole crew of opportunities, of yeah. open doors. That, so yeah. but you still have to working as a missionary, though, you still have to raise funds, right? Yeah. Even at even at the university, everyone there except for a secretary are missionaries and they're all privately funded. So yeah, I've got to raise the money to get there and then the money that I'll need to live and travel. Um, one of the cool thing, Meg, let me share this. When I, I, I've come back to my home, Myrtle Beach, where I planted the two churches, and um, I heard that a former student of mine was going to the Philippines. So I called some people to get his number, yeah. And so I called it, we got together. And so we're joining forces. He and his fiance, who was in the Philippines, have started a Sunday school. And th this girl grew up poor and she just, feel, you know, had such a heart for the children. A, a lot of these kids walk two hours to school with no food. She's been meeting them at the river and feeding them. So she decided to start feeding these kids and then teaching them the gospel. Well, they have just flooded in. She now has 70 children come and she wow. had to break it up into uh, groups of 10. And her place her, where she lived was run down, holes in the ceiling, holes in the floor. So Ron sent the money over. They repaired it. And they had just enough money to paint it. And he said, we can't buy any furniture, but what color do you want to paint the floor? She said red. 
So they painted the floor red, the walls pink. Well, all the kids in town wanted to come see the red floor. So as a result of that, it's become the Red Floor Sunday School, a Red Floor Mission. And so he's asked me to provide spiritual oversight for them. We'll be working together. We're going to plant a church up there. And then we're going to duplicate the Sunday schools in other locations as well. So that's that's just so exciting. It's incredible because so many of the children there have been. I mean, it's just the stories. Share with the viewers a little bit about what the kids are going through there. Yeah, it, it, you know, well, COVID made it hard on everybody around the world, but particularly in these countries where it was already tough. Um, there are so many people that are hungry. Uh, they lost jobs, you know, even, you know, menial jobs that because of the social distancing, the Philippines was so strict because it was the hardest hit country in Asia. And right now it's the second hardest hit country with COVID. You couldn't leave your home. Uh, if you, if you had, had to go outside and you didn't have a written permission slip from the city government, you were put in jail. It was that serious. So people were starving. And as a result, even before this, though, a lot of parents couldn't take care of their kids. And over there, you know, it's so hard to get a divorce and it's very expensive. So people don't get married. They just hook up and get together and have kids and the guys leave. Excuse me. And a lot of unfaithfulness, you know. So anyway, there's over a million children living on the streets in Manila alone. They're, they've just been abandoned. And so they, they do what they can to survive. And of course, a lot of them are being sold into sex trafficking and slavery. And when I heard that, it just, it absolutely broke my heart. Yeah. And it's not just Manila, it's all over. So there's such a need there. And there are a lot of good organizations there that are doing that. So we have a heart once we get going that we want to, buy some property and create a farm or a ranch and go begin to get these children, take care of them, get them healthy, teach them, you know, teach them about God and then have vocational training where we can help them get back into society and be productive. So that's, that's our long-term goal. That's an incredible vision, but it's possible. And I'll tell you, Kevin and I have, we have jumped on board supporting Michael monthly because we see the value in this. Our heart is, uh, we we are very much whenever it comes to missions, but specifically those that are willing to go. But you might be thinking, well, right now with COVID, he can't go right away, but he's working remotely. He still has all of this stuff to do here now. And so in order to successfully do the roles and the doors that have been open for him, he needs support. So if you have a heart for this type of thing, I'm going to put um, his information in the chat stream and I want you to follow him on Facebook. I want you to join up with this journey. I don't care if it takes a year to get to the Philippines. In the meantime, he's still having to work remotely, organizing things, uh, creating things, working partnership with these two different ministries. And it is such a blessing because some people would be some some people would look at it and go, you know what, God, I can't go tomorrow. I can't go right now. So I but we have to do what's put in our hands. And what has been hands is the opportunity to work at these last years, you know, and I'm not not prophesying these are your last years. No, I get it. That's right. Year, you know? <laughs> yeah. and I, know, I remember distinctly uh, before you left and, you know, Kevin and I was like, well, you know, we're all so busy. We don't get to see each other a lot anyway. Re- remotely seeing him via Zoom or whatever way is, is fine. But I remember the Lord spoke to me and said that the latter years would be better than the former years, which That's is right. cool. And so now we've got somebody who's seasoned in theology and a seasoned in, in ministry and then seasoned in starting Bible college 
knowledge. They can go to a nation and help to bring that, educate those that are there and provide practical needs to these kids. It's amazing, amazing. So I encourage you guys to continue to follow, uh, donate, feel led. If you want to partner, you know, you can certainly do that. Reach out to Michael and he'll answer any questions that you have. But we talk about good soil to plant in. I'm getting my plant yeah. in my spring garden and this yeah. is soil. Yeah. Okay. This is good yeah. soil to plan into. So, you know, Michael, if I was to ask you uh, to leave the audience with a key, what would that key be? That key would be that we must never underestimate the value of God's love. Mm. The fact that he wants us to have a good life. Now we're all not going to be rich, but Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. And that's the theme of my program encounter life. Yes. But I have, I've just been so overwhelmed with his love yeah. and the fact that I get to go to the Philippine islands and love these people for him and be an extension of his arms. Yes. And in the process of that, I've had a greater appreciation for God's love for me. You know, we get beat up in life yeah. and sometimes we need help. We need counselors and pastors to help us work through that. But I'm going to tell you what, the ultimate healing is love. Yes. And if I can wake up every morning and look at myself in the mirror and go, Michael Holtzy, God loves you. Not because you're anything special, not because you have a doctor's degree, but because he just loves you. Yes. I've been doing that every morning. I'll tell you, it is just uh, it has really put fuel, it <laughs> put the wind in my sails. So, yeah, I leave that. Get to know the love of God. Get acquainted with God's love. It will heal you. Amen. Michael, for those that are watching on um, Creative Motion Network, there's not a chat stream there. So tell them the website where they can go and find more information. Sure. Yeah, thank you. Um, the website is mission-philippines.com. That's mission-philippines.com. And I have a lot of what I shared with you there, but there's a lot more there. Uh, we've got a page devoted to the Red Floor Sunday Schools. You can go and check out the pictures. Uh, one of the things that so uh, just put me on my knees was my pastor friend uh, sent me a video of a children's worship service. I have never in my life seen children worship like these kids were crying, beating their hearts, crying out to Jesus. I mean, I, I hit the floor. <laughs> you know, I, I wish adults had that kind of passion in worship. Yes. You know, we get so caught up in the technology and the music. And I love all that. I, I get that. But we forget about that one thing, you know, having that heartfelt passion and love for God that is expressed in our worship and not just words and beautiful music. So all that's there. And then I've got I'm asking for prayer first. I need a lot of prayer to cover this thing. And then there's a place there if they want to get involved with me, they can either message me or you can email me from the website or there's a link there, PayPal link, if you'd like to go ahead and start supporting us, it would be greatly appreciated. And if I can do this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I uh, a couple of years ago, I just kept thinking about Psalm 91 and, you know, all the stuff that was going on with the riots. And I just started declaring Psalm 91 over me and everybody that I knew over you and Kevin. And and uh, I just got to thinking about it, said he'll give his angels charge over you and and those that, you know, are under the wings of the almighty. And I started thinking, you know, I really am under an umbrella of protection if I just stay in that. Yes. And so I just. I, one night I was thinking about it and I drew up this little logo and it, and I began to use the letters UP. I'm going up because I'm under protection. I can stand up, rise up and move up because I'm under protection. 
And so I, I had a decal made, which I get, you know, you and Kevin put them on your cars. And anyway, it got to they're just, the decals are too expensive to create. And so I went and had a shirt made and I've had people requesting these, but it says under protection up Psalms 91. I love it. I love yeah. it. Um, and uh, what we're doing is we're offering one of those to anyone who will give $50 or more to the missions fund. I'm not taking a dime of it personally. It's all going into a savings account. And uh, if you want one, then you can just message me or go to the website and contact me. Either way, it's fine. But it's mission-philippines.com. Excellent. And I encourage you to watch his encounter live show and uh, because it's going, it's, it's always rich, good teaching. And so Michael, we appreciate you. We love you. We miss you. We're so excited. About the, doors the Lord is open. And I hope that you all this resonated with you because listen, you know, maybe you can't go to the Philippines or maybe you can't, you know, right. you're working and you want to contribute for those that can't go to support those who are willing to. And God has made it very clear and multiple confirmations. I mean, it's just like every single, single week, every day, almost there was yeah. like, this is now, this is what I'm doing. So I encourage you to connect with that. It's good seed to sow into. And we will see you guys back here at Keys to Your Best Life. Thank you for watching. Make sure that you uh, check out the website. Say it again. Mission-Philippines.com. Excellent. And if you're watching this on any type of social media, I'll put that in the chat stream. God bless you guys. Have a great day. Thanks.